Hello and welcome to the Voice of Wealth podcast. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. Joining me today is Ed Sheng, Global Chief Investment Officer at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Hello, how are you today, Ed? Great, thanks, Charlotte. Ed, you have more than 25 years experience working in the stock market and even more than that in investing. You made your first share purchase at the age of 14. Furthermore, you are the author of The Idle Investor. So you are very well placed to discuss today's topic, which is all about market timing. Now, some people would say that investing money on the stock market is like playing the pools. I mean, if I buy a house, it will probably still be standing in 100 years time. I can sleep at night knowing that it's safe. It's a tangible asset. But when it comes to the capital markets, what if an economic recession or a specific event like the oil crisis of 1973, the Gulf War of 1990, or the COVID health crisis of 2020 causes havoc on the markets to such an extent that I lose a big chunk or all of my investments? Could that potentially happen? Of course it can, Charlotte. Unfortunately, history tells us, um, for instance, if you think about investors today, uh, if they've been in the markets for a while, they will have already experienced two massive drawdowns, not to mention 2020. So I'm think, talking about the 2000 to 2003 bear market following the tech bubble and bust. And also, of course, the great financial crisis of 2007 to 2009. In each case, investors lost from top to bottom about 50% in the stock market. And even in the COVID crisis of last year, you could have lost 35% from top to bottom. Now, admittedly, you've got it all back quite quickly in most cases, but still, there is extreme volatility from time to time in the stock markets. One cannot deny that. Um, I think the real challenge here uh, for, for, for investors, Charlotte, is that we must not fall but prey to our behavioral biases. We are, unfortunately, human beings. We are not computers. And we do have behavioral biases that can lead us to do the wrong thing in investment terms at the wrong time. So that is sell at the bottom in the middle of a crisis. Whereas what seasoned the sort of all-time great investors, such as Warren Buffett would say, is that's when you want to buy. You want to be greedy when others are fearful. Or again, as the Rothschilds would say, or Templeton would say, you want to buy when there's blood in the street. Now, having said that, easy to say very difficult to do in reality, because that's when we experience maximum fear. Ed, is it possible to reliably capture most of the upside and avoid some of the downside, at least in stock markets? Well, the perfect market timing strategy does not exist. Let's be clear about that. This has been the holy grail of investing for many, many years. And as far as I know, no one has discovered it yet. However, there are techniques that you can use that capture a lot of the upside when markets are going up and avoid a lot of the downside when markets go down. So you, not perfect market timing, but that can help you, again, reduce your risk and still capture most of the upside when markets are rising. Yes, that does exist. Okay, so I'm on tenterhooks. So what are these amazing strategies? Well, there is one great one called um, dual momentum. So this is a sort of trend following strategy. And it's a very simple strategy that pretty much any investor can follow. All you need to do once per month is look at two stock indices, let's say in this case, the US market, and let's say the world ex US market. So you just look at two of them. And you just say to yourself over the last 12 months, have either or both of them 
gone up? In other words, have they produced a positive return over the last 12 months? If the answer is yes, then you're going to invest in stocks. But if the answer is no, if neither of them have gone up over the last 12 months, then you're going to stay in cash. So what this does is when the markets are going down, you tend to be out of the markets and in cash, so protecting your capital. But when markets are going up, i.e. when they've gone up over the last 12 months, you will be invested on one of, let's say, in this case, the US or the rest of the world, equities. Now, the only question is which one? And then you go to a second level, which is you say, okay, I've got these two. I'm going to pick the one that's had the best momentum out of the two over the last 12 months. So in this case, right now, if you were to do this at the sort of in March, the answer would be the US. The US has still had the best momentum of the last 12 months. So out of the two, you would then pick the US and you would be invested in US stocks for the next month until you then repeat the process. So that is a good way to avoid a lot of the downside when markets are trending lower, but to pick up a lot of the upside, not all of it, when markets are trending higher. Not a panacea, okay. but not a bad strategy. Fine. But are, are there any other strategies that we should know about? There are plenty of other strategies that we can talk about. For instance, the there is a calendar effect called the Halloween effect, or also called sell in May and go away. Now, what this suggests is that every either middle of October or beginning of November, you buy exposure to stock markets. So you could be the European stock market, the US stock market, but you buy exposure to the stock market with your money. And then either at the end of, at the end of um, April or in the middle of May, you sell that stock market exposure and go to bonds or cash. You go and protect your capital. And the logic for this is that if you look historically, the returns to the stock markets, whether US, European or elsewhere, have been far, far better between October and May than they have been between May and October. So the winter months, the autumn and winter months, tend to be far, far better times to be invested in the stock market than the summer months. Now, there are lots of behavioral explanations one can, can, can come up with. We don't really have time to go into them here. But the bottom line is, this is a statistical anomaly that has existed for decades and still exists today. It's not perfect. I mean, there are some times when it doesn't work. It doesn't work 100% of the time, but it does work a surprisingly high amount of the time and over a surprisingly large number of stock markets. So that is a good one. And so that, of course, would tell you to stay invested in stocks right now, at least until the end of April this year, or indeed until the middle of May this year. Ed, you must have heard of the Fidelity study that was never actually published. They surveyed the long-term investment performance of the retail investor accounts over a 10-year period from 2003 to 2013. And they found that the best long-term returns were achieved by accounts that had either been forgotten about or that belonged to investors who had passed away. In other words, inactive or dormant accounts tended to do best. And conversely, Investors who were more active and tried to buy and sell to time the market actually hurt their stock market performance. So my question, Ed, is this. Ultimately, am I better off using the calendar effect or the dual momentum strategy that you've just explained? Or should I hold on to my investments and not follow them and just sit back and leave them alone? Well, I think ultimately... Ultimately, Charlotte, that's a personal decision. But one thing that is clear, there are a couple of things that are definitely clear and have been re replicated over and over into the academic literature, which is that, 
first of all, you're right. In retail investors tend to be overactive. They overtrade. They tend to get in at the top, out at the bottom. They tend to panic at the bottom and they tend to buy in when there's euphoria, which is usually very bad, a very bad timing mechanism, as you can imagine. So first of all, people tend to make bad decisions for emotional reasons. Secondly, um, whichever approach you use, whether it is the calendar effect or the dual momentum strategy or just the buy and hold for the long term, the key element which is common to each of these is discipline. You must follow whatever approach it is you've chosen consistently and without deviation. That's the key to avoiding falling prey to these behavioral biases that tend to damage your investment returns. And I think any three of them are perfectly valid. Any three of them have been shown to work over the long time and provide good results as long as they're applied consistently. And that is the point. Don't change your strategy or panic, even when markets are falling out of bed and um, you know displaying a sea of red on your screen. The best thing to do is actually turn your screen off and not fall prey to these biases. I should mention okay. one other approach, sorry, which is um, I, I just remembered, which is the coffee can approach, which has been shown to work extraordinarily well, which is literally you buy stocks or indices that you like, that you think will do well over the long term, and then you lock them away and literally forget about them. And I mean forget about them for 10 or even 20 years. Now, the strategy has been shown to be remarkably effective. If you were to buy a basket of stocks this way, for instance, over 10 or 20 years, you'll probably find that some of them will do badly. Some of them will do okay, keep up with the market. But there usually are one or two that it will do extraordinarily well, like an Amazon or a Microsoft or a Google. And the idea is that that will provide the bulk of the returns for the overall portfolio. The problem is at the outset, you don't know which stock it is, which stock's going to do that, right? Which is why you buy a group of stocks and leave them alone. And you just simply say to yourself, well, one or more of them are going to do incredibly well. I don't know which one, but I buy the basket of stocks. And the best thing I can do is leave them alone so that those ones which are successful can continue to be successful without me being tempted to take my profits before time. Okay. And how could a novice investor implement the coffee can approach? Well, the easiest way, again, in the literature is to do what we call dollar cost averaging. This is simply to say, I define a certain amount of pounds dollars or euros that I'm going to stick into my investments every month. And every month, I'm going to dedicate the same amount uh, into my investment. So you'd never change the amount, whether it's a thousand euros, 500 euros, 2000 euros, whatever the amount, the amount must be the same every month. And then you simply buy your chosen investment vehicle, let's say uh, a stock market exchange traded fund, or a group of stock market exchange traded funds, in equal amount with the same amount of money, crucially, every month. And what this means is you will, of course, be buying some months when the markets are high and some months when the markets are lower. But over time, you will average your way in. You will smooth the entry point. So overall, you get an okay average entry point. Not, not the best, but certainly not the worst. And that is a very good way for a novice investor to get invested and not uh, necessarily buy at the top or sell at the bottom. And finally, what's your view of technical analysis, fundamental analysis and digital tools like machine learning to predict market trends? Well, the first thing is there is no panacea. There is no holy grail. Uh, so there is no perfect system. Secondly, an analysis of very, very, very successful investors over decades has shown one thing consistently. None of them follow the same approach. They've all followed quite different approaches and yet have still managed to outperform incredibly over the long term. So again, 
The one thing that is consistent amongst all these great investors is discipline and consistency of approach. So whichever approach you choose, whether it is looking at charts, whether it is fundamental analysis, whether it is valuation, or whether it is simply following momentum, the answer is the same. Consistency and discipline are key to success over the long term of whichever approach. There is no one right approach in the stock market. Several can be successful. And as for machine learning or artificial intelligence, these are promising techniques, but there is still a lot to prove. And so me, I, I, I'm, you know, I love artificial intelligence, but even I would say, again, these systems are only as good as the data you put into them. So if you put garbage data in, you get garbage results out. So it very much depends on the system you design and the data you input in the first place. So that is this, the, these computer techniques are very sensitive to those variables. Okay. Thank you very much, Ed Shing, for sharing these investment strategies with us today. Goodbye. Goodbye, Charlotte. <laughs>